This episode was first published on October 25th, 2014. This is episode 42 of Biblically Speaking, a conversational question and answer show with two guys from Millard Community Church in Omaha, Nebraska. If you enjoyed that little voice before episode 41's intro, but the only part you could understand was when he said, enjoy the show, well, that was my three-year-old Levi rehearsing the first few verses to Psalm 1. If you know that going into it, it sounds pretty stinking cute. Enjoy the show. So today I want to ask you about Enoch. He was not. He was not. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Genesis 5 talks about Enoch. Hebrews 11 talks about Enoch. And I think the book of Jude mentions Enoch. Uh, Famously, son of Jared. Famously. Famously, son of Jared. Yeah, probably what he's most famous for. Think that's it? Son of Jared. Jared the second oldest guy to ever have lived. And his mom, very proud of him, by the way. (laughs) Jared's mom, proud both of Jared and her grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't quite get his name spelled right, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, it's Hebrew. That's true. Yeah. So that's just a bad, just a bad translation. Have, they might have misspelled it because of the right to left thing. Exactly. Just a bad translation. So Enoch, we're looking at... Uh, you suppose he was left-handed? Jared? He's lucky. Sinister. 521. Yes. Enoch lived 65 years, begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. And begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. Yep. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Jared knew something, didn't he? To name him Methuselah. I mean, Enoch knew something. Yeah, well, he was, as we find out in Jude, a preacher, right? Right. Uh, A prophet. Yes. So he knew something, because as you said, Methuselah, prophetic name. So he knew something early. Must have, because he had him when he was 65. Yeah, just a, a mere youngster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had him when he was 65. And then it said 300 years that he walked with God. which is I think a, it's fair to say Jared knew something. I think that's fair, too, even though you misspoke. You, you I misspoke. I you did misspoke. probably were still correct. You know, he's only, what, 120? Jared's only 127 years old when Methuselah's born. Yeah. So he's got another Methuselah's grandpa. Eight hundred and twenty, you know, eight hundred and was it eight hundred and he's nine sixty forty years to live, approximately. <laughs> yeah, you you learn a thing or two in that so, eight hundred and forty years. I was, I was, yeah, in that eight hundred and forty years, you know, he learned a, a great deal about and and probably knew Methuselah pretty well as they hung around together for you know eight hundred so years. Yeah, and then Enoch was there for a while. Yeah, Enoch was there quite some time. 300 years after Methuselah, and then just gone. And so they probably talk about that quite a bit, you know? But the fellowship that these guys could have, right? People talk about the handing down of the Word of God and, you know, how it could be so distorted by the time it got to Moses. Eliminate, for the moment, the thought of verbal and plenary inspiration of the Scriptures, which, Mm -hmm. of course, Moses was an inspired writer, but... People forget that these guys were together for so long. Yeah. Must have known each other intimately, right? 
unimpacted by the progressive degeneration that sin creates. So their minds... Not as bad. It's still sin. Yeah, still sin, but they lived 900 years, you know, or so. Right. What great minds they must have had, right? Yeah. I mean, you could spend 100 years learning how to program, then another 100 years to do electrical work, another 100 years to do plumbing. All what they could learn and perfect in in arts mm-hmm. and knowledge in such a long period of time. Plus, you have to consider the additional vigor that they held physically because they did live that long. We can only speculate how vigorous your bodies were. Your body is when it is not degenerating in 70, 80 years. Yeah. But as it will be in the millennium, a youth is 100 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, the lifespan of man in the past. Um, But the enjoyment that they must have had in the hundreds of years that they lived is... Yeah, and talk about, you know, you have uh, the relationship a father and a son has as adults is much stronger, of course. Yeah. And more intimate and personal. And think of that they were adults for a really long time. They're 100 years apart and they'd be peers. Yeah. Yeah, become peers, you know, what age. Wow, he's... He's you know, like, here's my youth, but that's like nothing. Yeah, Methuselah's 150 now. We're like peers. Well, you're still 160 years older than him. Yeah, but we're good old boys together now for the yeah. next hundreds of years. Yeah, so Methuselah and his grandpa probably hang out a long time without dad. You know, Enoch, right. gone. Remember Enoch. Yeah, I remember it was a lot of years ago when dad was around, but yeah. Yeah, so we say uh, Enoch was not uh, Hebrews. Interesting 11, statement, five. by the way, he was not. Yeah. Says by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Few guys not found. Yeah, you got Enoch. You got Elijah uh, was never found. Elijah. In fact, it was a shame to go look for him. Right. Right? Yeah. Read about that with Elisha saying, don't go look for him. Yeah, you know, the seminary students wanted to go look. Moses not found. Moses not found. Body. Body was not found. Gravesite not found. Right. Exactly. These are guys are not found. Yeah. So when it says he was translated in Hebrews. And, that's, and we know what translation means because of 1 Corinthians 15. Is that the same word? Well, 1 Corinthians 15 opens up a mystery, right? We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. Right. There's your translation right there. Okay. Changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Did right. Christ arise first? We the alive remaining ones. First Thessalonians. Yeah. So we have Caught this mystery together. revealed, right? These are these are called mysteries. Yeah. So not heretofore understood. Now we understand Enoch. Right, and so I guess now the, I'm afraid of what you're going to ask next. Yeah. So next, I would say, okay, with Moses and Elijah. We and, think we know something. Yeah, it makes more sense, I guess, because we see them at the Mount of Transfiguration um, appear. They're of Israel. They are both of Israel. One's the law, one's the prophet. We see the two witnesses in the future. I know some people think Enoch might be one of those two witnesses. Yes. But it doesn't seem to line up that well. It seems like Elijah lines up better. It doesn't, doesn't actually fit that Enoch is a prophet to Israel. 
Because he predates Israel. Yeah. But then that leaves Enoch. Yeah. So my, my is that question where you're going is like, with this? what's because up? Because that's, you know, I figure you'd... That's the hard one, maybe. It's the hard one. Yeah, because why translated... When or where is Enoch? When or where. And why was he translated when nobody else in history besides those two guys... Well, we I of. think we have a pair here, like we have. Uh, I think we have an important pair. Okay. With uh, with Enoch. Paired I think he with pairs who? with Noah. I think Enoch pairs with Noah. How so? One one taken out, the other one taken through. Remember his prophetic name. Enoch's, I mean, his son's prophetic name, right? I mean, this is the prophecy. This is part of the prophecy of Enoch. Part of his prophecy was the flood. His major prophecy came about with the naming of it, right? I mean, it includes the naming of his son. True. Jude says that Enoch uh, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints yes. to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So that was Enoch's message, right? Prophetic message, yeah. Yeah. And Methuselah, part of that message... And it seems to apply twice, doesn't it? Because certainly it applies at the flood. The judgment executed upon all. Absolutely. Right. But the 10,000 saints, not so much. That one might have some prefilment at Sinai. Wow, how's that? How so? You know, it's a little bit comprehensive to get, but yeah. we learn that Moses was given the law in the hand, you know, in the ha- mediated by the hands of a mediator. Yeah, mediated by angels. Right. So there is some thought that, you know, the Lord, when he came to Sinai, Mount Sinai, what Moses say? We learn in the New Testament that Moses said something about that. I exceedingly fear and quake. Right. So, it, you know, it's too bad about that movie. I hope you didn't see it, The Ten Commandments. I saw it when I was so young that it barely It's really me. lousy. It really is. You know, it's mostly about Moses' so-called love affair with some. Yeah. And then, But like old movies, it's good like old movies because it ends all of a sudden with, you know, the, all the rest of Scripture over, you know, the entire wilderness journey of of Israel. In like 10 minutes or something. Oh, less. 30 seconds. It's like the closing credits. Yeah. It's less than the closing credits. Hilarious. And uh, Edward G. Robinson being Dathan. Well, it's too bad about these simplifi- simplified representations, which omit so much information. Mm. Like that, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain on fire, Moses, you know, scared literally, to, you know, nearly to death. Right. And, and he was scared less scared. than anybody else, right? Everybody else said, you go talk to Moses. So he was, yeah. like, scared less than everybody else. So uh, awesome was it that even if an animal approached that mountain, they were to be destroyed. And, and then we have the angels, as we learn later, there. And so the giving of the law is actually kind of a picture of the Lord coming in judgment because it's so scary. I mean, compared to the Lord Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. Yeah which is a pastoral scene and, you know, so gracious. Well, it's all grace, but, you know, when you have to behold both the goodness and the severity severity of the Lord. And, you know, the terror, Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
the Lord terrorized his people with his presence, right? You say, well, why would he do that? And the, that, that's, not the, that's not the appropriate question. The question is, that's who he is. I mean, my goodness, he's God Almighty. Who's scarier than that? Mm-hmm. Can't have anybody scarier than God. So um, Enoch prophesied this, behold, the Lord comes with, you know, an innumerable company of angels. It's not like a round number there, 10,000. Yeah, it's, you know, even scientific, it's a single digit, but, you know, it's, you know, myriads, mm-hmm. innumerable company of angels. See, this also is what we come to. We don't come to a mount that quakes. We're talking about Hebrews 12 here. Mm-hmm. But we, we come to an innumerable company of angels. We come to this glory that God is with all of his highest created beings hmm. in, in place. Of course, I say that highest created beings not because I'm talking about man not in Christ. I'm not talking about the Lord Jesus as a man who elevates, which Hebrews does talk about. But, right. but here's this guy Enoch really speaking to the flood and to the time of the end. I mean, it's like his prophecy covers everything. Yeah. But that doesn't place him, does it? If that's No. It doesn't really place him. But you say that he hooks up with Noah, and then we kind of tangent. He hooks up with Noah because, because Enoch was taken out, and then Noah was taken through. And so that hooks up with the church, which is his body, taken out, mm-hmm. and then Israel taken through. Of course, we couldn't understand this, except the mystery of the translation of the saints right. is given to us in the New Testament. Now, let me talk a little bit about mysteries, okay, okay which are secrets, right? because secrets are disclosed. All right? Now, if you, now if you get with me, that secrets become disclosed, they are secrets before they are disclosed, right? So the Bible unfolds doctrine out of itself. It's like a billowing cloud. Out of, out of truth comes truth and light. We walk in light, and it billows forward, and as it—maybe billow isn't the right term, but as, yeah. it, Unfold, as it unfolds, details are given, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, uh, the wheel in a wheel and a wheel, like the throne of God. It's like uh, the the doctrinal thing of it is that, you know, receive the form of sound words, and then Paul prays to the Philippians that they would be able to distinguish the things that are different. You know what I'm saying about yes. going from the general to the specific, right. going from the outline to the details. As we see, these secrets are actually embedded in the Scripture, but they're secret. They're undisclosed, but they're there. Okay. So Enoch is only understood, I think, after the mystery is revealed about translation in the Scriptures referenced, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. four. So you're saying that we can actually kind of retrofit our understanding of him after we get to... The revelation of the translation. People accredit Augustine to saying that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Uh, and I don't, Did he I don't, say that? Huh? <laughs> it sounds I, like you don't think he I, said I, it. I mean, he could have said it. That's you know, a good, it, but it's it could a good have been saying, right? Ink. I don't. Huh? It's a good saying. Is it a good it's saying? It's a good saying. Yeah, it's a good saying. I, you know, I. Because he's called Saint Augustine and stuck on stained glass in Catholic churches, yeah. you know, it kind of weirds me out, but. 
he's got kind of an icky feel around him, but maybe totally yeah. legit guy. And like I say, could have been could have been Augustine Inc. He could have had you know yeah. a good group around him. Who knows? But he did say. I mean, I guess it's there. It's not scripture, so is it there? But good statement. Not a, not a complete statement, but I do think that, uh, and I think we'll learn this in eternity. You know, the word will not pass away. Yeah. I think we'll be surprised at how much the book of Genesis actually explodes upon our understanding. Yeah, I've thought about that before, and I thought, how could we possibly continue to study this thing eternally? There must just be depths that you can't even understand to the Yeah, but I mean, we don't linkings. study it very well right now. Well, but we won't be like we are now, right? We'll be like him. Yeah, we're not going to be, you know, rather watching a rerun of Forrest Gump than looking at the scriptures. You know, <laughs> it's a good, it won't be it's like a good that. rerun, huh? That's a pretty good rerun. If you're, I pick picked one. it because it's a good one. I was too embarrassed to say some of the stuff. <laughs> the ones you actually want to watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, that's what I, I was saying. That, you know, the Netflix queue. We're supposed to confess our faults one to another, right? Okay, I'm going to do this so publicly. I watched <laughs> Die Hard again. I mean, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Um, well, have you ever heard the thing that our Netflix queue, like the your your list of things that you're supposed to watch, is actually like the that's the you that you want to be, and so you have like documentaries in there and like these really highbrow movies, yeah. And those and you never watch those, yeah, because so you can just, click on something else to watch, yeah. And that's your list of like what you wish you would want to watch, and uh-huh. then you actually are just watching like reruns of Friends or Die Hard, I guess. King of Queens, yeah, <laughs> it's the real us, yeah. So so. uh I think we'll know Hebrew, for example. Really? Yeah, I do. I think we'll know Hebrew. If if we don't know it, we'll be able to learn it easily, and we've got, you know, like, maybe if it takes just a few thousand years to learn it, we'd still be pretty good with that. <laughs> so uh, you're saying we should just wait. I think we'll discover things about language that that we can only imagine about right now. Yeah. All men were of one language. When Adam gave a name to an animal, it it defined that animal thoroughly, I think. I think the scriptures will will fill our minds in ways that are unimaginable right now. Because right now, I mean, look, you read the scriptures and you're reading along, and ten minutes later you go, "What? What was that? I was just reading." Yeah, because your mind is on, you know, everything else. Yeah, I need some money, or I'm getting hungry. Yep, or, or I'm tired. Sandwich or... didn't taste good. Or, of course, when you pray, you're sleeping. You know, my wife. Last night, she, you know, I'm telling her how hard time sleeping. You're the guy that talks about praying and sleeping. Why don't you just pray? You'll go right to sleep. No, that was me. But we had a whole, <laughs> yeah. we had a whole biblically speaking. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd also posted something on Facebook. I said, uh, sleepless, maybe you're prayerless. So, she, you know, that's, that's what wives are for is yep. to catch you in your own doctrine. <laughs> and sure enough, I, 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 I don't know how, know how far I got done praying, but I, I was sleeping, but my my point my point is when when the effulgence of mind sin apart comes upon us, you know the scriptures will open to us in ways that I think we can't even imagine right now. Hmm. Well, let me just ask this: so you know, there's that old saying, "You can sleep when you're dead." And it's like you know the go getter's attitude. How about well, I'll learn the scriptures in eternity? Nah, just it's going to be so easy and amazing. Then why why now? Then why not just put it off? Well, well, why now is because. It's only by grace through faith that you are going to be rewardable. Okay. I mean, why now? Because there is grace for this life, which you're you know you're you're missing out. Well, you're you're. I don't know if you put it, if you're going to put it on the front of this one, but you know your children were quoting out Psalm one last night. Yeah. And the blessed man, everything he does, he prospers. You right. know? 
I, as I told the children, you, you, the only way you're going to be the blessed man is by faith. Mm. And that means to get the scriptures into your mind. That psalm said the blessed man meditates day and night. Right. You can't meditate on what you haven't eaten. You can only ruminate that which is in the first stomach, and you regurgitate. And then, mm. Good point. Yeah. So, Miss out on but, a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people blow the scriptures off saying, well, I guess we'll know that later in heaven. And they always say that in heaven. Like, I'm already in heaven. I'm seated in the heavenly places in Christ. Where are you? What do you mean, in heaven? We're in heaven, seated. Yeah. We've been, uh, we're walking about in the kingdom of the heavens. We've I mean, been look, translated in into the kingdom of his dear son. Yeah, we're translated. We're translated. Citizens is, of the heavens now. Yeah. We, we only don't realize the translation physically. That's all we're missing. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. But where we live. That's all we're missing. Once that happens, your tastes, desires, concepts, ideas, drives are going to drastically change, and they're going to change in a direction of, I really want to know the scriptures. And for some of us, and I include myself as potentially that one, we're going to wish we knew the scriptures a whole lot better now. Why did I watch Die Hard again? Hmm. I could have, you know, spent an hour in Psalm 1. And then, by the way, and this is a little way from the Enoch thing, but when we take up these thoughts, isn't it so that we very much wish that we were doing that more often? Yes. You know, what, Every what time. is that with us? Isn't that terrible with us? Isn't it that, you know, we wish we were doing this more often, there's nothing stopping us from it except our own stinking selves? But, but as far as Enoch goes, I think there's a big story told by him, or he wouldn't be referenced twice in important areas of Scripture, such right. as Hebrews and, and uh, Jude. Jude. Uh, but it's in, in light of judgment. That's the other thing. See, we're on the inside of the house, and so we look at, we look at our, our translation as uh, a good thing for ourselves. We know what we're being saved from, you know, wrath of man, wrath of Satan, wrath of God. We're saved from wrath. We look at that, and we go, oh, that's great, blah, blah, blah. But what we don't look it upon is the judgment that that actually brings, not only to us as we go to the judgment seat of Christ, because mm-hmm. it is judgment, and we're supposed to think about that, but the judgment it is to the world, where the salt of the earth is withdrawn. Mm. There's nothing left to preserve the world. There's a witness left. God will raise up a witness, you know, but a scarce witness the two prophets and 144,000 Jews, mm-hmm. that's a very tiny witness compared to... Even today. Yeah, maybe even especially today. I mean, I think God has a very large witness on the earth today. Yeah. It's true that we're, you know, in retrenchment, and it seems like it's true that we're in retreat. Uh, we see the gathering clouds... I tried to explain that to a judge in court one day. I said, you know, judge, there are dark clouds gathering here in the conduct of our local government. And he actually stopped me and said, you can say that at closing sometime later. They want to even hear about it. I could see it struck him. But we do, you know, we do see that God's judgment is coming, like Enoch said. Yeah. What was the response? Well, for him, it was almost universally, we don't care. <laughs> God took him out so early, yeah. right? God took him out 600 years early. True. And, you know, removed that 
witness from the earth because it wasn't being heard. I tell people, God sends prophets to disobedient people. You know, Enoch was a prophet to the whole world. That's not something God does. You know, God doesn't send prophets to the whole world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he did with Enoch. You could say he did with Noah, too. I mean, Noah was a prophet to the whole world. Yeah. The guy that went out and the guy that went through, but all the rest of the prophets were sent to God's people. And it won't be until the coming. Of course, there aren't any prophets today. We have the prophetic scriptures today, mm-hmm. but there are no prophets today. There were at the founding of the church, there were New Testament prophets, but again, substantially to Israel. Those two prophets at the time of the millennium, which which we think, I mean, many people, by the way, think that it's Enoch and Elijah. And not no, they Moses. do, and not Moses. Why is that? Because you got to put Enoch somewhere. And because Moses died. And that Moses died. Or did he? Well, see, you always say that to me, but I I always say, well, it says he died. <laughs> Moses died like Lazarus. I think Moses died like Lazarus died. Hmm. Right? Lord Jesus said Lazarus is dead. Yeah. And then Lazarus came forth after that. Yeah, but then he probably died again, right? And then he probably died again. So I think that's like Moses. Hmm. Moses was dead but raised. We know his body was fought over by Michael and Satan. Right, but if it was occupied, how could they fight over it? That's why I feel like it was just his body. He was raised. For his body to be fought over, he had to be raised. Why? Because they weren't fighting over him at the gravesite. They're fighting over his raised person, like his not raised just his body. Per- yes, but... I believe they fought over his raised person, like Lazarus was raised. Hmm. And so, if Moses is the guy that is the prophet with Elijah, right? There, there, there's another pair, by the way. Yeah, there's the translated guy and the raised guy. Yeah. Both who both who have to see a final death, and they will. They'll 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 die at that. Yes, you know. Yeah. In the Revelation, they die. Their bodies lay in the streets for three days yeah and then they're raised and taken up into heaven visibly yeah finally to scare the pants off the world right who were already afraid of these guys yeah. you know and who and they return all holiday. their they return all their gifts after that you think it was you think they returned them <laughs> yeah, they should i don't, I don't yeah, think they did i think around. they just got scared huh? you celebrate some guy's death by sending somebody a gift once he raises from the dead i think you should probably take that gift you should back. be able to re-gift it <laughs> You can at least regift it. Amazon will be flooded. Yeah, but uh, you know, then then they, then they're going to go into mourning. Yeah, that fear will be immediately turned into worship of the man of sin who who overcome who overcame them. Right. But back on Enoch, see, he, he, if if he's one of those guys, okay, you solve the problem of Enoch, but you do you open up the problem of Moses? Right. If he's one right. of the two prophets, you, you solve the Enoch problem. Then you wonder about Moses. But, but what about Moses and Elijah at the Mount of Transfiguration? Yeah, that's the one that seals it for me, is it not being Enoch, because he wasn't there. That's a clincher for me, too. The other clincher is that they bring fire down from heaven. Yes. Okay, that I mean, Elijah does that. And they do other signs and wonders, which came by Moses, really. We don't see Enoch doing signs and wonders. Right. And plus, it's a dispensation opening up to Israel, and Enoch's not... To Israel. Israel. But it, it is a puzzle still. What about where 
or when is Enoch. Yeah. As you know, I lean toward the when is Enoch because I do think there's a space-time continuum and that that Enoch doesn't have to be walking about for, my goodness, 4,000 years, mm-hmm. more than 4,500 years or so. By himself, because nobody else was translated like that, except for maybe Moses, or except for maybe Elijah, right? Well, Elijah's not said to be translated. Right, so okay, well, he, he went up in, a, in a, the power of whirlwind. Moses so. not said to be translated. No. Enoch translated. So by himself, I guess, would be the, the one that it's, we see. It's a, very, it's, a very thorny, it's a very thorny problem yeah. in my mind. You know, does that mean glorifying? Translate because when we're translated, we'll be glorified. There are many things that emanate out of this this Enoch story that that remain puzzles to me. Yeah, but one thing that's not a puzzle is that even in the ancient world, right? God had a witness of His judgment for sin. God had you know the story told to the entire world mm-hmm. that despite the fact. That there's this long period of grace where judgment is suspended. It is absolutely certain. And interestingly, right, they could watch Methuselah. There's a living witness of when mm. this will happen. There's a living witness. When he dies, here it comes. And he dies the year of the flood. You calculate that right in your Bible. He dies in 1656 after Adam. Right, it's a flood. It's easily calculated, all Mm -hmm. those numbers there. So, you know, whereas we don't know the day and the hour of the Lord Jesus coming, day and hour, we know it's very certain that he comes and that judgment will be brought to the, you know, sin-filled earth. And we have their behavior to look at, according to the Lord Jesus, to see that despite the clarity and certainty of the message, mm-hmm. people won't pay any attention to it. And that's what we're pitching into, right? The Lord said, as it was in the days of Noah. Well, you know. Those are also the days of Enoch, really. Those are the days of Enoch. And Methuselah. And Methuselah. Yeah. Those days. We're to look back at that. When people say, well, you look back there, you can't really see much. You can see a lot there if you look carefully. And... uh you can see biotechnology back there if you care to, if you care mm-hmm. to take it take it apart even a little bit. Okay, one last question, and then we'll be done with Enoch. We have him as a picture of those taken out pre-judgment. There were, and why was he taken out? Why was he taken out? Yeah, good question. Because he pleased God, and because the message Enoch wasn't being walked received with God. Yeah, and was not. And he has the great accolade of. Saying he pleased God. That he pleased God. And he, for 300 years, which is a long time, right? Turn 65, which is an interesting number also, isn't it, compared to our our annual solar calendar. Yeah. But he was taken out, like you said, maybe 600-odd years before the flood actually came. Is there any lines we could draw there between the time of the taking out of the church and the time of the judgment to come? Because that's a long time in between. Or is that – we can't really draw that comparison. Well, I, I personally don't – well, that there's a period of time, I think. Between the two. Fits. But just not that it's long. Can't be that long, according to at least the way I see the scriptures and the, you know, the numbers that are given there. Day with the Lord is a thousand years. 
thousand years is as a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know exactly what year it is, but I think we can safely round it to the nearest thousand. Probably safely round it to the nearest five hundred. Mm-hmm. From what I've looked at, I think it's actually safe to round to the nearest hundred. Yeah. So it's two thousand and something. If it's twenty one hundred, I'd say close enough for science, mm. you know, for the statisticians. Close enough for the knowledge we have at time. God's made sure we don't know exactly what time it is. Therefore, we can't know the day and the hour because we don't know what day it actually is. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what day it actually is, you can't know the day and hour. But the Lord's coming is near, and I'm quite sure that when people looked at Methuselah, right? Think of the grace of God, right? Guys were dying at eight, nine hundred. Nobody ever lived to be nine hundred and sixty-nine except Methuselah did. Yeah, that is to say, the oldest guy in the entire scriptures. He outlived everybody in terms of years, and you know we talked about he's older than he's at least nine years older than Adam, right? That's the grace of God, right? God, God yeah, picked the oldest guy to ever live to bring the judgment. To bring the judgment. God was as patient as he possibly could be. Nobody could live to be a thousand years old because in the day that that Adam ate of it, dying he'll die. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets to live to be a thousand. This guy lives to be nine hundred sixty-nine years old. God's forbearance and patience is the longest possible in the entire scripture before he brought judgment. That's God. Mm. God forbears long as possible. So long, by the way, that by the time Methuselah dies, God looks around, there's only eight people left to regenerate a race from. So I think that's a big story of, you know, Enoch, mm-hmm. if you carry it through his, his prophetic son. And before Methuselah dies, that period of time, God takes out prophetic, the prophet. He right. takes away the messengers. I suppose evil men and seducers really took a leap forward, waxing worse and worse. He didn't leave himself without a witness. He had no Yeah. Quite possibly he took Enoch out to preserve him because, you know, that message wasn't well received. He was probably in danger. Well, yeah, well, that's a good point. I mean, conjecture, but... I think that without being able to explain all about Enoch, I mean, I think the central truths are, you know, one, there, the forbearance of God. Mm-hmm. Two, the walking with God, you know, the, the, to walk with God is, some take that as equated with translation, that if you don't walk with God, you won't be translated. The scripture doesn't teach that. Right. But the scripture does connect walking and translation. And when we're translated, the, we who are alive and remain, and it's fair to always say we, because Paul did. Mm. We who are alive and remain, assuming that he could have been. So we can say that, you know, we who are alive and remain, who look for transla- who are looking for translation, our walk is tied up with that translation. Not whether or not we'll be translated, but our walk will be evaluated immediately upon our translation. So I think I think that truth is there. Mm-hmm. But as to where or when is Enoch, <laughs> I know we'll see him eventually. 